Hey there, voice teacher. It is Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 64, my wonderful friend and inspiring vocal music educator, Shannon Coates, is talking about her new online course, The Vocal Instrument 101. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now here's your host, Nikki Loney. Shannon Coates, thank you so much for coming back to the Full Voice Podcast. How are you? I'm well, thanks. It's my pleasure. I will come back anytime, Nikki. Oh, you're so fantastic. <laughs> especially after especially after our, our adventures in Vegas. You're still my friend. <laughs> I think we're more friends now. <laughs> and you did steal my swag and videotaped it for a Facebook Live. So. You had such good swag. I was a little <laughs> bit jealous. Swag. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to talk to you today about your wonderful online course and how that all got started. And uh, for newer podcast guests that might not know that your first uh, podcast visit, you had a wonderful conversation with everybody about students that struggle with stillness. Still one of the most listened two podcasts that we have oh, now that it's a competition but yay look at me <laughs> <laughs> well I think kidding, I think kidding. I think everybody has those wiggly students right but we all I got know. those students I know so yeah, yeah. your podcast was just so great but for those who are new can you give everyone like a refresher course about you and your teaching background if you don't mind Oh, I don't mind. So I have been teaching now for about 15 years. And uh, before that, I actually um, was in like the real world. And before that, I did an undergraduate degree in, in um, singing and vocal performance. So undergraduate degree in vocal performance, classical singing, did uh, a little bit of singing in the real world and then did no singing for a while. And then when my daughter was born 15 years ago, I decided that I no longer, I know, what? Uh, that I no longer wanted to, nearly 16 years actually, decided that I no longer wanted to work in corporate world. And, um, you know, I hate making money, so <laughs> I would have wanted to <laughs> Uh, but I was, I was, um, I was, just, I was bored. Frankly, I was bored. The nine to five was boring, and I wanted to do something that was gonna um, give me time to spend with my new family, and something that I felt like I could control a little bit better, you know, like have the time. And so I started to teach then uh, on my maternity leave, actually, wow. and um, yeah, just to see whether you I busy even, enough. Right. No, no. Uh, so, um, yeah, but I just wanted to see whether or not it was something that I liked to do, whether I actually did want to do it. And while I had that time, um, because hello, Canada got a year off. Thank you. Um, well, I know. Um, wanted to see whether that was something that I wanted to do. So um, realized that I loved it, realized pretty quickly that I also didn't really know what I was doing and that I really wanted to know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then um, went to school to get a master's in voice performance, uh, specializing in voice pedagogy, and then um, just stayed in there and did the doctorate in voice pedagogy. So um, yeah, so I've been teaching for about 15 years years and have had that doctorate now for a couple of years and yes 
So I have an independent studio, uh, primarily, uh, like I, I am an independent voice studio teacher, and I have an independent studio. I have a home studio, which has out of my home in the suburbs near, uh, well, near-ish to Toronto. And uh, that studio has primarily young children and um, teenagers. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I have a studio in Toronto. And in Toronto, I teach mostly, well, I teach all adults in Toronto, but um, either pre-professional or professional track singers and uh, a lot of teachers. So a lot of other voice teachers who, um, yeah. So I have a lot of fun doing that. So the, the, my primary focus has kind of switched over into teaching voice teachers and working with voice teachers actually is more accurate. Wow. Which is what your, your new course is all about. Yeah. I mean, part of what happened, because I was also at the same time teaching undergraduate voice pedagogy courses, so um, at a couple of different universities, and I've been doing that now for several years, and in the process of developing those courses um, for for undergraduate um, singers who had never taught before, for the most part, are brand new to teaching. So thinking through the concepts and things that people who are brand new to teaching, but who know singing. I mean, these are undergraduate mm-hmm. singers, you know, they they know, they know singing to a certain level anyway. Um, what are the concepts that are necessary for a brand new teacher to get out there and to, to sort of do their best right off the start? What are the things that these brand new teachers need to have? And so in the process of thinking through those courses and putting those courses together, so, and shout out, by the way, to Lorna McDonald at the University of Toronto, who had a module and a model already in place. And so all I really had to do from that was to think through what we wanted to do and add or, um, in some cases, trim a little bit from that. But in the process of doing that and in developing those courses further um, and in developing a brand new course for another university, um, I had to think through what what's good for brand new teachers but also then thinking about what what can we do for teachers who have been teaching for a long time and who have the um who have this certain level of experience and who know what they're doing in many ways and or have this performance experience so they've got the sounds in their ears that they want what can we do for those teachers who have um who have this experience, but who don't necessarily have that sort of deep understanding of why things are working the way they're working, right? So um, that's where I kind of came to this realization as I started to teach more teachers as well and work with more teachers and work with adult students. As I started to work with adult students um, who wanted to have this information about their own instrument and wanted to understand deep, more deeply what was actually happening physiologically and why something would work well and why that felt that way and why that didn't work or et cetera, et cetera, to understand they wanted to have that information as well. So that. The Vocal Instrument 101, which is the name of the course, came out of both of those things. The development of the course for of, of a course for brand new teachers, in addition to having wanting to have something for people who had been teaching for a while and who would love to have this deeper understanding. I mean, I had a really 
unique opportunity, right? I was able to go back to school. I was a teacher. I was already teaching and I was able to take the time off teaching to go back to school to get this information. And this is unique. I mean, most teachers, man, they're in there. They're teaching. They can't be like, yeah, I'll just take six years out of my life and, you know, work at half, like only teach 10 hours a week and make nothing and go back to school. Sure. Yeah, that's perfect. So that opportunity is not afforded to um, a lot of people. In fact, when you look at the doctoral programs, we often have young um, uh, professionals, young, young, um, young, I mean, like in their late 20s, possibly early 30s, uh, singers who have been singing professionally or who have just come out of their master's going into the voice ped programs and doing their doctorates. Um, and they're not, they haven't necessarily been teaching, right? So to have an experienced teacher actually go back and do the master's and then do the doctorate, that's something slightly different. And, um, and relatively unique as well. So I wanted to put something together that is a condensed version of what you would get at an undergraduate level um, uh, in this kind of like just understanding the, the anatomy and physiology and how that all works together. Oh my goodness. Well, I love how passionate you are about sharing all this information and, and uh, a fun fact, I actually brought you out to you Hamilton did. in 2017, and you did the Vocal Instrument 101 for a packed house. Yes, we had we had voice teachers, we had choral directors, we had uh, professional singers, we had amateur singers. It was a really incredible evening, and there was just so much, so much information. How long did you do this as a live presentation before you yeah. went to the online course? <laughs> that was part of it, too, is that the live presentation is a ton of information, mm-hmm. and it comes at you really fast, and <laughs> it's three hours long, So it's just like, boom, 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 here's the information. Mm -hmm. So, and then you need like another week to kind of disseminate that information and like sit with it for a while, but you're, you know, the thing is already done. So that was, again, part of the reason that I thought the online course would be the way to go because then you can take the information in small chunks, process, apply, figure it out, get it deep into you, and then go back and get a little bit more information. And you can really just do it at your pace. So I did the live, I did the lives um, at least two years. I did, I did several of those. Yeah, lives. And keeping in mind the fact that I've been teaching this in undergraduate voice pedagogy courses now for many years. So that the, the two things together you know, it all sort of coalesced into the, into the, um, online course, which is still a lot of information. (laughs) Oh yes. Oh, for sure. Can you give everybody uh, the outline of what is in the vocal instrument 101? I totally can. And of course this, this is online as well on my Mm -hmm. website. If you want to just look it up, you can do that as well. Um, so the, First module is just sound. How Mm -hmm. is sound made? What is it? Um, Frequency, amplitude, timbre, duration, blah, blah, blah. Just getting us the basics of how sound is made. Not because that's integral to being able to teach. 
And maybe we'll touch on that later. It's not integral. You don't have to know all of this stuff to be a great teacher. But understanding this, there's so often when I'm teaching this information, when I'm dispensing this information, or even in a one-on-one lesson when I'm talking through things, the light bulbs go off because people go, oh, that's why that happens. Oh, I get that now. Why this feels this way or why, you know, I have to do this in order to get this. Because just understanding that it gives you this scope, like it just clarifies so much. Anyway, so sound 101, then power source 101. So basically that's just the anatomy and physiology of the breathing mechanism. So what's the diaphragm like? What are the intercostal muscles like? What are, you know, uh, how's the, what's the best way to stand so we can get a good breath, blah, 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 that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, which for most singing teachers will be pretty much a a review. Um, But then we get into the respiration one-on-one. So that's breathing for singing, which is a little bit more along the lines of how do we use this information to inform our breathing and um, the kind of inhalation, especially that we need for different styles as well. And talking about the difference between, you know, what we might do as a classical singer versus what we might do if we're trying to do some belting, for example, right? Yes, because there are differences. And if you've been classically trained, then the idea the idea is as a classically trained singer that there's one way to breathe and, you know, we need to see the belly button moving and we need to see, you know, we need to use a pajo and we need to do blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's just not true for say, um, a dancer. (laughs) If you're dancing in a music, if you're in, you know, if you're in a music, um, uh, a musical, you and you're dancing and singing at the same time, a pacho breath is going to be not useful. It's just not useful for you. Anyway, so uh, talking through those kinds of differences, the next module is the resonator 101. So again, that's just anatomy and physiology of the vocal tract, basically from the vocal folds up to the, the lips. What's in there? What does it look like? What do we call these things? And, you know, all that stuff. And then resonance 101, So that's just looking at what does the vocal tract actually do for our sound? How do we shape the vocal tract in order to get a specific kind of sound? What happens when, you know, this part of the vocal tract is is uh, lengthened and this part of the vocal tract is shortened or narrowed and how do we do that and then what are the ramifications for sound and then uh, the vibrator 101 which 12 year old boy (laughs) Ah, um, the anatomy and physiology of the larynx essentially are the vocal folds so we're looking at not only the vocal folds themselves but we're looking at all the muscles that are around the vocal folds and the the cartilages that are around the vocal folds Mm -hmm. and And uh, just what they look like and what they are. And then phonation 101 is how do the vocal folds create that sound wave? What's the what's the information that the vocal folds can give um, so that then the vocal tract can resonate around that um, or resonate that information, uh, that sound? Yes, the sound source, the sound, (laughs) the acoustic energy. (laughs) The vocal tract is going to take that acoustic energy. But what is the actual information that the vocal folds are giving and how are they giving that information you know thicker folds um to put it at simplest form thicker folds are likely going to give a larger amplitude so what are the ramifications for that in our in our singing etc and then the vocal instrument 101 putting it all together is the final module and then that talks about 
putting all of those three things together and how to, because we, in, in, in voice science often and in voice pedagogy, we talk about those three things as three separate entities in order to kind of narrow in and understand how they each work, but they all inform each other. Again, what are the ramifications for this of this information? How do we apply it? Okay, cool. I'd love that. In the online course, how many hours of video have you got going on? <laughs> um, it's about five. And uh, that was more than my original intention. However, I just, I keep saying, okay, I want the information to be accurate, but, but, easy to understand, right? So there's a fine line between like making it really um, accessible, but still accurate. <laughs> so in some, right, that's... Right, yes. it's broken down oh, yeah, into yeah, small yeah. chunks. Okay, okay. Yes, yeah, the longest, um, the longest video is uh, 35 minutes, between 30 and 40 minutes. That's the longest one. Um, mm -hmm. I tried to keep them in the 15 to 20 minute um, chunk. So some of the modules have three videos in them, three 20 minute videos, actually not even. Tried to keep it as, again, as accessible and as digestible as possible. Well, and that's the beauty of online courses. Like I love online courses. I can study wherever wearing whatever I want yes. <laughs> and uh, drinking whatever I want to be drinking. Um, I, I do Absolutely. I do enjoy learning online. It's so it's so convenient. And for busy people, I mean that's the way you yes. do it, right? I have a couple of questions. So first of all, when did that that information really start to become present in the courses at university level? Yeah. So um, there was an undergraduate voice pedagogy course when I did my undergraduate degree in the mid 90s. And uh, there was so there have been these courses for a while, mm -hmm. <laughs> for a little while now. However, it's only in the mo in the in the sort of last ten to fifteen years that we have the kinds of textbooks that we have nowadays. Right? I mean, we had we had Vinard, we had Miller, we had some of these other big name voice pedagogy um, experts, but their texts texts, T-X-T-S's, yes. are nearly impenetrable for an undergraduate. I mean, they're just, we look at those in graduate courses and, you know, sort of take them apart, and they're nearly impenetrable for <laughs> a voice teacher who just wants a quick answer to a question or who's just mm -hmm. like, okay, I just need to understand why such and such isn't working, or I just need to understand how this sound isn't working. But then you've got to read a 300 page tome. I mean, it's, it's, and, and that you need a, you know, a thesaurus and a dictionary for, I mean, it's, it's, it's next to impossible. Those are, they're not user friendly texts. So, and so what we were doing in undergraduate courses where we, we were using the sort of if you will, the slightly less sciencey courses, some uh, texts sometimes, um, or you know, instructors were sort of picking and choosing, or there wasn't that same in, um, focus on the physical anatomy and um, of the instrument. So, which is all good. I mean, we've got through it just fine. However, mm -hmm. like I said, in the last 10, 15 years, last couple of decades, we've had these very 
good, well-written, succinct pedagogy texts coming out or texts coming out that are really useful for undergraduate voice pedagogy. Um, So as I say in the course, I've been heavily influenced by Scott McCoy's text, Your Voice and Inside View. And he actually has a, he has an online one now, a PDF. It's downloadable from iTunes, uh, Your Voice, The Basics, which is quite manageable if uh, for a voice teacher and again for use in an undergraduate voice ped course um, it gives you the basics like and and not in the negative sense of basics but in the foundational sense of basics it gives you the foundational information and it gives you that information in a way that is really digestible again you don't have to like you know have your friggin google on <laughs> to be able to, to get right. through it So, and of course, nowadays we have all of this with Scott McCoy's text. There's also, um, you know, the clickable links are in there. So you go directly to a video, you go directly to, uh, you know, a, um, uh, a diagram that's like a GIF, whatever, right? Like you go through all these things, um, with the new technology that we have. So I think that's part of the reason that the voice ped courses now are becoming so much more uh are are more prolific but also they're a little bit more intense in terms of what we're teaching for for anatomy and physiology just because the resources are there also the the youtube because i'm that old you know the youtube (laughs) but also youtube is such an amazing resource there's so much great stuff on there Mm -hmm. you know that you can just back up the information with and um yeah Anyway, that's, I think that's part of the reason. I think there's just been this sur- resurgence of, or surgence, because <laughs> it's not a re. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> a surge. There's been a surge of these practical voice pedagogy texts that are usable and that are mm-hmm. accessible. For the podcast page, mm-hmm. can I ask you to maybe share your faves the, oh, your sure. go-tos, your resources that you, uh, and even if your favorite YouTube links that you really like, yeah. would you do happy, that? Oh my gosh. That. Absolutely. That yeah. Amazing. Happy to do that. And I did do a Facebook live on this a little bit on this as well, a little while ago, talking about ways to become a better diagnostician in the Love studio it. without taking a voice ped course, <laughs> right? Some, some ways to do that. And, and yeah, anyway, so there, there's, because it's so easy to go into overwhelm. Yeah. I think that's what happens. I, I, I know that, uh, that's, that's always the challenge, always yeah. the challenge. Well, I would love, I will link on our podcast page, uh, all your top go-to resources. That sure would thing. be, that'd be like a Christmas list for the <laughs> voice teacher. I want to ask you a question. What would you say to the teachers who are adamant that you don't need this information mm-hmm, to be a successful mm-hmm. voice teacher? Like, mm-hmm. what, what do you think of that statement? I mean, they're right to a certain extent. There are a lot of great teachers out there who don't know their retinoid cartilage from their thyroid cartilage or whatever. (laughs) And there are lots of great teachers out there um, doing fantastic work, working from instinct and working from experience. And that is, I, I can't, 
I can't, there's no fault in that, right? And there's no shame in that, I don't think either. Um, I think where the problem comes in is when we are not as effective as we could be, mm. uh, perhaps. And, um, and, and as well, when we, when we are um, sort of, we only have, we have a limited toolbox, right? right? So, and, and possibly those are part and parcel of the same thing. But when we're sort of limited by what we don't know, that's where the, the problem comes in. And again, there's no shame in not knowing something. There's absolutely no shame in not knowing something. Um, this is what I because I work with a lot of beginning teachers, this is this is a, a real issue for beginning teachers where they go like, okay, but I don't know anything, I don't know anything. Um, and that's where we need to sort of decide sort of one week at a time, what am I going to focus on learning and applying in the studio, right? To, to what's the next, where's my next sort of little area? And it needs to be something, not a big area of like, I don't know any anatomy or physiology. Who cares if you don't know any anatomy or physiology? There are ways to learn that information. That's fine. You're teaching just fine without it. What's the specific thing where you feel like there's a limitation and then find the specific thing that's going to help with that? Mm-hmm. Knowing how the diaphragm works is not not necessarily going to be the thing that helps you to work with you know, your changing voice, 13 year old boy, like, right. So, um, find that specific thing, but then going back to the teachers who say, I don't need the science to teach. Well, I say, if you're teaching well without the science, great. And then I say, how much better do you think you'd be teaching if you understood why what you're doing is working? Like, I bet you'd be right. Like, obviously it's working for you. That's great. And I, you're probably lying to yourself if you don't think you have any, if you think you don't have any limitations, frankly, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you think you have no limitations, fine. And if you think you're teaching amazing, obviously you are teaching amazing at some level. That's fantastic. But just imagine how much, um, more confident, confident you would be, how much, um, how much better your teaching could be if you understood why what you're doing is working so well. Come on now. There's a great reason to get to know a little bit better. (laughs) Well, I find it exciting. Like it's been exciting Mm -hmm. to dive into all of this stuff. And I certainly, I feel really confident in my teaching ability. And Mm -hmm. I know that it's grown over the last Mm. few years, but it's been a lot of work and investment on my part. Yeah. Right. And, uh, And my poor husband, like, shout out to Sean, because the poor guy's, like, trying to fall asleep. And I'm like, hey, you want to know something cool about the human voice? And he's, oh, he's a kind, lot. kind man. But he's getting, he's he's about had it with me. Sorry, so my husband... Um did the editing and the, and he, uh, you know, he shot, he was basically my producer. Um, so now he's like, where we were somewhere, I can't remember where. And somebody like, did they yawn or they did some kind of, they made some kind of weird sound. And he was like, is that because their pharynx was really narrowed or something like that? He was totally oh my gosh. Just totally using all the big words, doing the thing. They, he did, I can't remember what it was now. And I was like, well, you were listening. What do you know? So he's, he's on board now. Yes. Sean, the other day he was getting a bit of a cold and he turns to me, he's like, I think my vocal folds are really swollen. And I was like, oh, honey, you used the word vocal folds. I'm so proud of you. And then, and, and Noah was in the back, back of the car. We were in the car. He's like, 
you guys are so weird. Like he's just has <laughs> wants to with your course is there like support if teachers have questions like what what happens that way teachers are very welcome to uh send me a note anytime no problem nice yep any any last any last words well i have a special thing I have, you have a special, special thing, right? I have oh a special gosh. thing for for um, Full Voice podcast listeners. Oh, so, I love it when my guests have, have special code. things. So $150 off the course by entering. I know. Yay! By entering the, co- the code Full Voice Podcast. So just <gasps> all one word, Full Voice Podcast. Just throw it in there and then that'll be $150 off. Oh, shit. Shannon, that is so generous. Thank you so much. So podcast listeners, that's how much Shannon loves all of you and how much I love yes. Shannon. Uh, so $150 <laughs> off the Vocal Instrument which, 101. Which puts it at 347 Thank you. That so is so, so generous. Yes. So just if people are comparing prices, so mm-hmm. let's just say how much it would cost them to go to university to get a yeah. to get this information well shannon i i know um i know how much you love teaching but i also know how much fun you make learning so i'm sure that this is just uh like it's just so much fun you have this energy and this passion for what you do and i love that you share that with everybody and with uh the full voice uh listeners thank you so much now as as usual I, i'm gonna have you back Yay! <laughs> what do you want to talk about next time? You know what my current like thing is? My current little bang? Because I'm working with a lot of um, teachers on this right now is mm-hmm. if you are classically trained, what are the things you need to know in order to teach music theater? Oh, like, oh my goodness. Are, yes. I know. Right? What are all those things that we think are true that we think apply to music theater that don't? <laughs> wow. Okay. You're on. We will set a date for that, my friend. I love that. Oh, Shannon, thank you so much. I am wishing you and your family and your your now vocally educated husband <laughs> the best uh, holiday season because we're just about thank to hit you. the Christmas holidays. Thank you so much yes. for your time. My, I love having you here. Truly my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Nikki. A very special thank you to Shannon for joining me today on the podcast. If you would like to check out the Vocal Instrument 101, please visit her website at Shannon-Coates, and Coates is spelled C-O-A-T-E-S dot com. That's where you'll find her course, the Vocal Instrument 101. Do not forget to use your special coupon code. The very generous Shannon has given us $150 off the course, and you just need to put in full voice podcast at checkout. As always, I am wishing you an inspired day of teaching and happy singing. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. Made my canoe music. Canoe music.ca.